leftovers, leftovers, leftovers. Yeah, this is that fresh leftovers radio. I just had the left. They play the music that just touch your soul. Thanks to DJ P4. It's your boy DJ B4EY. Yes, sir. It's the Fresh Leftovers Radio Show. And we are back. back biggie, 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 back. back biggie, 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 back. Hey! Yes, sir. It's the world's most dangerous Christian hip-hop radio show, Fresh uh-huh. Leftovers. Broadcasting live from GH3 Radio, mm-hmm. God's House of Hip-Hop. Power Dash, baby. You know yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I see you. In the building, baby. We back. Back for another week of uh, super dope awesomeness. Sis, how you doing? Okay. Oh man, cut the beat. What's going on? No, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's starting to hit me that I'm really leaving. Yeah. Oh wow, now it's hitting you. Yeah, because yeah. I got like four and a half, five weeks. It's crazy. So it's like it's That's starting like to hit five, me now. It sure is, man. I was just telling somebody that. That's she crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 bro. It hit me like uh, when was it? Uh, February. What? When, when she told Christmas? everybody? Yeah. No, I told y'all on my birthday. When my birthday? I can't remember. I usually wait till- March what? Let's shut up. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I usually wait till Google make it pop up on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) What, you want me to lie? I literally told y'all on my birthday. I'm having a going away party, but I'm not going to do it like how my birthday party was. It's just going to be like a- She's trying to say that bread. That's crazy. She got to go over there because it's going to be LA, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, I need a a final uh, donation round. What? A final one? Yes. Tell the people what's going on. Talk to them. I'm talking about from y'all. Yeah, that's Have we not done enough? No, look, my, I'm talking about at my dinner. Oh. At my dinner oh. is going to be the final donation round. So we're going okay, to okay. so have a little bucket. Something to, uh, you're going to pass the offering bucket? <laughs> no, I'm going to have QR codes on the table. Okay. Oh, that's real. I had it at my party, though. I know that. So yeah. you said you were going to do the same way. Yeah, because we were all in shock. <laughs> Nobody gave that day. She was like, I refuse. Everybody was so... Selena was crying, y'all. She Did you was cry? Like, she tried to hide it. She was walking away crying. Wow. And I had to go find her. I was like, Selena. You know how like, I felt? We, I was crying internally, but I had to host your party, so I had to hold it in. No, yeah, you you are, uh, what's the word? You know how to cover up. Uh, you yeah. said what? Oh, shoot. Yeah, you know how to like cover up your emotions. I mean, I got to. No, you don't have to. No, well, it depends. It depends. You wanted me to be sad and host? No, but you- Guys, I can't do this. I just can't. But you was I even doing- I can't do this. What do, you want, what do you want me to do? I got to host. You was you still do it now. You even do it when we get when we got back on the show and everything. You still, you you like try still to- do it right One now. thing that he do is like try to joke and play to uh, yeah. not, like to not suppress how he really feel. Yeah. Yeah. I know that about you. Comedy is my yeah. therapy. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. It ain't always healthy to so, laugh and so, stuff. You need to feel so stuff was, sometimes. It was no, funny. I absolutely feel. It was we, funny? We know I feel. You know what I'm saying? What you feel? No, me, I feel. It's I just better to make a joke about it so that it, it cannot hurt. It's, it makes it's it more digestible. <laughs> you, you digest it yet? Nah. nah. It's, I mean, you know, but I would say this, like genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I'm super excited. That's the crazy part because I, I'm like, yo, 
I'm really excited for uh, everybody on Flow. First of all, anything that pop off for anybody, I'm excited. Yeah. I told y'all from Jump Street, this ain't the, this is not the final step. No, this is no, just no, a no. passageway. You know what I'm saying? This is just a, you know, so whatever. Oh, for um, everybody that's listening that don't know. No, don't do that. No, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. I was about to say, I'm not leaving first episode. I just want people to, because the way we talk no, about it right now sounds like. No, sounds no. like I'm leaving the that show. That is true. People are asking. A lot of people say, yo, is, is, is she staying? Is she I going? Like, is she, I don't I, know what God going to do. I say, they, ask her, they ask me all that? People are asking. What? So what y'all going to do? Because of Leah leaving. What I've had people from Dash said, ask. Like, yo, is she staying? I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like, people from up top is asking. People, every time we run into somebody, so what y'all going to do when she leave? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to do the same thing, but we're going to miss saying? her. Because the biggie biggies ain't the same. Yeah, it's going to be. Like, we got to say pause after it every time because it's just two guys. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yeah, shit. Back, biggie, biggie. Hey, yo, pause. pause. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yo, but it's it ain't, just, it's missing, it'll be missing that. But we, you know. We, unless you want to broadcast from you. Cali. Yeah, because I was going to ask you to so do that. Romy said that he found this thing that mm. it allows me to do that. But y'all know I don't know how to. Uh, I'll set you up. Here we go. Oh, I thought y'all were about to do something. I'm like, but I don't at the know. Same y'all time, know I'm not technical. But at, at the all. same time, we want you, you to like also focus on disciple school. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, I don't want you to feel obligated. You know, like pop in. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, guys, I got like, some time. But you know, she's on a different time. Time. Oh, yeah. So when it's when it's eight here, what time? It's five o'clock. She's going to be done. I think I just did be at You're going to be at happy hour, goofy. I think I'll, absolutely not. I think I'll just be getting out of class. At five? Yeah. But man, I'm telling y'all. Are Today's are long school. there. What you mean? Well, I can't say specifically at this school, but when I went to their previous schools, mm -hmm. the days are long. Like crazy. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, all, all in between classes. Again? Yes. Man, like, that's tough. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what about up, snacks? Man. Oh, you got to bring your own. EY, how you been, my brother? Real quick. I've been good, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get this uh, car situation uh, situation rectified. You still got that one car, that uh, rental? Nah, they oh. took it. They told me I had to turn that joint in. That's not fair. So what? So what's now? You got your wife's car? Nah, she dropped me off this morning. <laughs> How you getting home, <laughs> Mister Yeddo? Oh, okay. <laughs> same way. I forgot y'all going the same way. Oh, y'all stay in the same area? We're yeah, not they far. They both in the hood. Yeah, yeah. They both stay in the hood. Stay in the I'm hood. up in you, legacy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he definitely he still wearing they when they like to ride in golf carts. Yeah, I don't know where deep now. DJ Mike, DJ. Oh no, I never. Nah, I don't stay in the hood. Oh, my oh. neighborhood is safe, all the way. They didn't oh, forget it. How much time we got? We about to take a break right now, <laughs> right now, because I already know where he was going with that. I one. told y'all I had a dream. DJ had a new house though, and it was blue. That is crazy. And like I ain't even know blue was his favorite color. Like his shirt. But I, we was next door. Like it was like fresh stuff. I was on the block. Well, I want to roast that shirt so bad. Just, I'm like, Legacy, if you, if you roast the like, shirt. No, no, no. One, one thing we not going to do, Legacy, <laughs> is because you got a new shirt this week, we not about to try to roast DJ shirt. What are you talking tight around my arm? Because if I see that Henny thing is possible one more time. When's the last time I wore that? Probably two weeks ago. Cap is long sleeves and as hot as ever outside. No. So, of course, I didn't wear it. No. Right. And then that flowers, that Hawaii shirt. Well, I just came on vacation. I had to. Man. I was still in vacation hey, take mode. Take us on break, DJ. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Mute this dude out there. Get him out. Right, get man, him out the mic. Nah, nah. All right, go ahead. Take us. So, street song shirt on, man. Yeah, like I know you're trying to get on my shirt because it's tight around my arms. I know that. First of all, I'm down 20 pounds. So. That's cool, but the shirt's still he tight, bro. Don't even try week. me, bro. When is he up 20 pounds? Because he say that every <laughs> week. Every week he say I'm back in a large. I don't understand. Okay, 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 okay. okay. All right, we up. <laughs> 
Because I will write. All right, my fault. We got to go. <laughs> All right, y'all, look, man. We got more with the Fresh Left Lovers radio show up next. We got a special guest. Uh, We're going to introduce him when we get back, man. So y'all keep it locked. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I go by name DJ Penny, and you're listening to the CHH African Radio Show every Saturday, 11 a.m. PST and 8 p.m. West African time. On this show, we introduce to you hip-hop songs all over Africa. I'm talking about from Nigeria down to Kenya to Zambia to Zania, Malawi, and Lice. Yeah, stay tuned. LA's number one home for CHH and gospel hip-hop music. GH3 Radio, LA's number one home for CHH and gospel hip-hop music. GH3 Radio, God's house of hip-hop. LA's number one home for CHH and gospel hip-hop music. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Simi So Real spinning something. You can feel that's right. Catch me every Friday night on Rise Magazine presents New Music Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on God's House of Hip Hop Radio, powered by Dash Radio. Be sure to follow Rise Magazine on all social media at Rise Magazine, that's capital R Y Z E Magazine, along with www.wisemagazine.com. And you can follow me at Simi So Real and remember to tune in every Friday night for Rise Magazine presents New Music Friday right here on God's House of Hip Hop Radio. And if you forget, go to www.ghcradio.com and get all of the info. God's Word Amplified. Blessing you with today's CHH and Gospel Hip Hop hits. GH3 Radio. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Aaron Patterson, and you are now listening to the Fresh Leftovers Radio Show with Legacy the Prince, CEO Aaliyah, and DJ B4EY. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your man, Legacy the Prince. I am CEO Aaliyah. It's your boy, DJ B4EY. Yes, sir. It's the Fresh Leftovers Radio Show, man, and we are back, man. We got a special oh, okay, guest okay. in the building today, mm-hmm. author, singer. Mm. Oh, singer. Y'all ain't know that. No, nah, she was in here singing. Yeah, I heard him. Mm-hmm. Author, singer. I heard her. Uh-huh. I heard the vocals go up. You heard the vocals? Yeah. All right. CEO. Oh, oh. Not, oh, not. CEO. Mm-hmm. Multi-million dollar company. All right, brother. I'm trying to tell y'all. Shoot. We got a good one today, y'all. We got a good one today. Listen, we got Michelle Elizabeth Williams in the building with us today, kicking it. How you feeling today, sis? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Ah, uh, thank you for pulling up. Man, this yeah. is long overdue. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I've, 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 I've. Dove heavy into your your testimony, mm-hmm. and it definitely pulled on a lot of heartstrings. Okay, everybody in here was like, "Yo, that's crazy." I, I thought about the backslide. <laughs> you ready to fight somebody, right? Back. I'm telling you that that <laughs> off the rip too. Yeah. Soon as the book started, it was just like, "Yo," mm-hmm. I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I, had, I had to put the book down for a second. I said, "This is <laughs> not possible. Not right off the back. You should have set me up." First. Yeah, she didn't walk us into it. I no, did. I, I did to... set you up. I put a picture in the front. Oh, uh, of wow. me. True, true, true. <laughs> Author of Nobody Ever Told Me. I'm super excited to have you in the building today. Thank you. So let's let's go ahead. It's your first time on, on, on Fresh Leftovers. So you know the yep. Flow Mafia, they tuning in heavy. Um we want to just kind of run it back and get a get a get a uh uh uh, uh the the full resume, the yes. full background. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So where mm-hmm. you where are you originally from? Kingston, New York. That's upstate. You heard of the Valley Girls? No, nah, I didn't think so. Nah, so I, I lived up in the valley. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You up top? Yeah. We don't even like. It's weird because like most New Yorkers don't even. Oh, you up there? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying we don't even like like mm-hmm. Syracuse. Like, oh ah. no, no, no! I was three hours off of there. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I feel like people try to talk. put I have me. No idea what yeah, they about. try to put me like way up there. I'm like, no, I'm 90 miles from New York. Like I wanted to fit in. Like yeah, yeah I'm yeah. in there. 
90 miles away, not 390 miles. Yeah. 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 So I was like uh, 90 miles away from Manhattan. Wow. So we'd go down there sometime. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long you been in Atlanta? 12 years. 12 years. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's what's up. Mm -hmm. And you launched your uh, clothing brand out here, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, cause I, I I know I've seen that a while ago. I right. think you did a, you shot a commercial and y'all had like two or three Bentleys out in the front yard. Okay, I was just like, oh, they getting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you haven't been over to the house yet, I assume. Nah, nah, yeah. But I'm, we I'm never a, got invited. I'm assuming though. that's my invite. That is. <laughs> yeah, come on over, man. Wow. Shoot, we got some fresh leftovers. Ooh. Oh my no, no, god. That's not funny. You cook. You, you, you cooking? Nah, that was a good. Yeah. You, you throw down, man. Shoot. Come on, man. Look at her. What you trying to say? Solid, boy. That's what you mean? Yeah. Solid. Yes, sir. Solid. Oh, this no man, bro. My God. That's what's up. That's what's up. So listen. My fault. Go ahead. Nah. So yeah, we're going to jump right into it, man. Nobody ever told me. Now, first of all, the title gripped me as soon as I read it. And then I flipped to the back and the testimony just off the back of it was crazy. Mm. Then you flipped to the front page and it was just like, like a punch to the chest right mm. off the back. Right. So how do you us, think I felt? Uh, I don't man, know how you felt. No, I'm honestly, sheesh. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in a little bit on the, uh, in the book. All right. So to answer your first question, uh, Nava Sportswear is a clothing line. Um, Nava for me means beautiful because mm-hmm. I look for all the beautiful things in life. So that's why I named the company that. Um, we have um, sportswear. We also have a betting wear that's about to come off. Uh, that's about to launch in about two weeks. Oh, snap. And um, I'll send you some of the stuff on that, but that's mm. going to be fire. So the pillows are going to minister to you as you lay your head on them. So they're going to be words that are going to be like affirmations. Mm. So when you lay your head, there's going to be a connection with your head hitting the pillow, your imagination hitting what you want, talking to God. God's going to come back and hit it. It's going to come back down through your pillow and there it's going to manifest itself. Mm. So so you have men? This is for men too? I mean, yeah. Is this affirmation? Yeah. Affirmations are for men. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't want it to just be like I want a husband and you laying there too. No, it's like not not that. I don't want no no no. So <laughs> so so one of my uh, pillows say, um, even in my sleep, I'm making money. My mind is thinking mm. of money, or even in my dreams, I'm having creative ideas. So it's it's really going to be like along that line. Uh-huh. Anything that you want is going to be manifested through. I can't wait to get in that bed and my head hit that pillow, and when my head hits the pillow. My thoughts are now going to go into something different that mm. will tap you into the things that you want in life, you know? Mm. And then when you tap into those things, things begin to happen because it's your thoughts that create these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what my pillars are going to do. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm married, so I'm on the covenant. Mm-hmm. So the pillows be saying something else, too. I know. Listen, oh my my, listen. My pillows talk, but I feel like I say it a little louder than the pillow. Wow! Right, baby. Uh, <laughs> I can't okay. because listen, as they say, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want no pillow crying out for me. Woo! Yo, yo, this yeah. is crazy. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't need no oh, pillow pronoun for me. Yeah, man. My oh, sheets be saying a different kind of words of affirmations. Yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> That's Get like, it, big daddy. Yeah. Oh. Selena, any of all that. Bye bye. Nah. Right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's if go. If sheets can talk. Hey, look now. Boy. I'm spilling all the tea. Nobody ever told me. Right. Let's start That's, at the top of the journey, man. Because the book, right. like I said, the book was crazy. Mm. Tell us, tell us where it all started for you. Mm. So where it all started is I was born. Mm. And I feel like I was born a threat to the enemy because obviously at an early age, I was being attacked very severely. So at four and five years old, I started being sexually molested. Um, by the time I was 14, my last punch in the face was by my alcoholic father. By the time I was 15, I watched the murder. 16, I wanted to get away from everything that I knew of my parents. And I started dating this guy who secretly smoked crack cocaine. By the time I was 20, I had a nervous breakdown. Um, after the nervous breakdown, I thought maybe, you know, things will get better. I get my life together. And by the time I was 21, I was being raped on my living room floor at knife point by someone that was secretly living in my attic for two months. What? Okay, so let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. Come let's, back. What? Let's rewind. Whoa. Okay. Right, right. This is heavy. Um, so four and five, um, did you get a chance to talk to your parents about whatever was happening? Because I got a daughter and, and and I always tell my wife all the time I want to create an atmosphere where my daughter right wrong mm -hmm. whatever the case might be mm -hmm. any of my kids you should feel comfortable right enough to come and tell me what's going on right you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. and then we talk about it and then you know what i'm saying Move on from there, yeah. you know whatever punishments has to happen because I don't, I don't strike my daughter at all right um but you know what i'm saying whatever disciplinary actions have to happen whatever the case might be right can happen at that point um, did you have any type of security with your parents to actually have that type of conversation? Mm -hmm. No. So being four years old, you know, they always put these uncles in your life. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't my uncle. It was just a guy that lived across the street. But because I didn't have that family there, um, they had this guy and this lady and they were supposed to be our uncle and aunt. So what ended up happening was they would allow us to go over and be with them. Mm -hmm. And at four years old, I remember her asking me, did I have a T-shirt? And I said, no. And I, she was very old. So she was walking up the stairs and I just remember her leaning over to get up the stairs. As she was going up the stairs, he was over with his tongue in my ear and his one hand on my little flat chest and his other hand between my legs at four. But I didn't have security to be able to go tell my parents this. At five years old, there was a neighbor across the street and he put me on a tree and I saw this white stuff. And I said, what is that? And he said, it's milk. So when the milk that I think about is not the commercial, as they say, milk does a body good. The milk that I experienced when my mother marched me across the street to that young man's house, my mom said, tell her, tell her, tell her what he did. She was so angry. So me associating milk to anything it was anger, shame, and all those sorts of things because the mother dropped her head like, oh my God, he did it again. Whoa, whoa. It wasn't even like she was in shock. She dropped her head like, wow, not again, not another one. Wow. Uh, did you have siblings? Yes, I did. Did any of them experience the same things as you with them? No. Are you the oldest? So I have two other sisters that my mother and father had outside, but 
my family, I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. My okay. older brother had passed away, so I was the oldest. So your mom took took her took you over there to his Yeah, to his mom. But see the thing was, she didn't console me or anything. She didn't hug me. She just yeah. when we got back to the house, she hollered at me. Why did you tell me? But one thing I took from that, because I always try to find the good in everything, she taught me to stand up for myself. She taught me to speak. She gave me a voice. Even though she didn't console me, she didn't hug me, she didn't do any of those things. I know it hurt her, and I know it made her mad. But because she was going through what she was going through with my father and her own life, she didn't have that to give to me. But what I took from it was anything that happens, Mm -hmm. I should be able to speak about it. Mm -hmm. Now, that voice was dimmed um, later on when I went to the nurse. And I told that my dad, that my mom had beat me. Um, my mother had beat me with an extension cord. Damn. But when I got home, and I'm thinking like, okay, I told Nurse Johnson, I can't wait to get home because he's going to stop hitting me. Today's the last day. Well, I got home and my mother said, I didn't hit you with that extension cord. And I said, yeah, you did, mom. And it was like all these welts all over my legs. And she was like, I did not. It must have been your father. And Whoa. I was standing there like Medea, like, Rrr. <laughs> I almost, you know, the way she did it, I almost believed her myself because she was so convinced. And she called my father and she said, um, Missy got the nurse here. And she said that uh, you beat her. And guess what? Hold they on. took. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what I was doing. She did it, though. Yeah, she did. But it. She, she said to him that he did it. Yeah. So I know it's really oh. crazy. So they they made him leave the house for two weeks. Who was they? Uh, the school, CPS, CPS whatever, what, whatever okay. it was back then. Because you got to okay. remember, it's not the same as right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was very different. I was about like nine or ten or whatever. So they made him leave for two weeks. When he left for those two weeks, I was feeling happy. My mom was feeling happy. Well, guess what? He came back after those two weeks and he beat the brakes off of me. And at that point, I silenced everything that I said because... I just didn't feel like there was no protection. Right. Makes a lot of sense. And from that. Tell him that. uh, Tell tell who? Your dad. Oh, no. There was no talking to my father and there was no talking to my mother. There was none of that. There was no talk back. No, nothing. Yeah, I know the old school kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. I just had to take it all. And that's why uh, at 20, I had a nervous breakdown. Okay, because we're going to get to that part. We're going to get to that part. So, woof. Four or five, all of this is happening. You have no one to to kind of go to to speak about it. Siblings, of course, is around, but no one to necessarily uh, believe you. Yeah. yeah. Right? How do you? How did everything transition into, I think you said when you was nine, what happened? Or what so, happened after? Uh, somebody was, uh, did you say you nine? You used to watch a murder, I think. At 15, oh. I watched the murder. So what happened before that? Just the abuse, just all the abuse. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, oh, there is a nine-year-old story in there where my mom, she just came in and shaved all my hair off. Yeah, yeah, that's what 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 I read. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bald as my hand, and then I was sitting in a bathtub, trying to figure out like, why would you cut my hair off like this, and send me to school the next day? What was her reason? What what was? What did you? Well, I won't say what you did, but you know. No, there was. I asked. Well, okay, I did get to ask that. I said, "Mommy, why you cut my hair?" She said, "Your your scalp is dead." Huh. That's what she said. Your scalp is dead. Your scalp? My scalp was dead. That's what she said. 
Bruh, I'm sorry. Did, it's too. Did mom have any type of like? Uh, 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 that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, any, any yeah. Type, that's what I'm saying. Diagnosis. Did she so, have any type of mental issues? See, at the time, I wouldn't really know because right. all I know is like my mom would be like feeding people, taking care of people. She was illiterate, so of course she couldn't read. But that didn't make her have a disability. Yeah. But if you really think about it, there had to be something. But then again, my father had PTSD. Okay. Um, he was suffering because he was in the war. So he was beating her. We were all sitting on the steps just listening. You know, three o'clock in the morning, you just hear loud things breaking, glass breaking. And, and this happened often, a lot. So that's a trigger for me when I hear like things break or if somebody comes behind me or hits me from behind just to be like, hey, girl, you know, it's certain mm. things that really trigger me. But that's because this is all we knew. So my mom... Whether or not she did have a disability, the beatings that she yeah. had to get from my father it took his toll. It, it sure. just took his toll. So by the time, I mean, who was I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? There was no, there was no mercy for me. There was no mercy for her. So I believe that she was an enabler. Mm. She enabled him, mm. and I was looking for her. To be my savior, get me out of there. Right. Take yeah, me absolutely. with you. Yeah. She took my other three sisters with her and still left me. Wow. What? Okay, let's 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 run off on a break real quick, man. Sheesh. Woo. All right, we're gonna run off on a break. We got more with Michelle Elizabeth uh -huh. Williams when we come back, man. So y'all keep it locked. It's the Fresh Leftovers Radio So. Hey, what's up? This is MC Nice. Tune in Sunday afternoons from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to God's Calamari, hosted by me and the God Squads, Harlem G and Marlo Nicole, where we give you insightful interviews from industry professionals and celebrities, buzzworthy music to new music, and some of the things that are moving and shaking in CHH and gospel hip-hop today. Every Sunday, be sure to tune in to God's Calamari with MC Nice and the God Squad on GH3 Radio, God's House of Hip-Hop, LA's number one home for CHH CHH and gospel hip hop music. God's word, God's word amplified. amplified. GH3 Radio. God's House of Hip Hop. LA's number one home for CHH and gospel hip hop music. Yeah. It's your girl, Raina Day, and guess what? King FM Radio is coming to God's House of Hip Hop starting October 13th and every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We got the hottest in Christian hip hop. We're going to be talking with some of your favorite artists, athletes, celebrities, and local community leaders. And we want to bring you in on the conversation, too. So don't forget to tune in every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for King FM Radio right here on God's House of Hip Hop. LA's number one home for CHH and gospel hip hop music. Hey, this is Mikel Keys, and you're listening to the Fresh Leftovers radio show with Legacy the Prince, CEO Leah, and DJ B4EY. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your man, Legacy the Prince. Look at Leah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gonna wait till I'm yawning. It's your boy DJ before you. Wake up, girl. So fresh, you wanna start it over? Nah. Uh, it's Fresh Leftovers Radio Show, man. If you I just am CEO Leah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, with that. us, man. Author of, <laughs> author of Nobody Ever Told Me. We got Michelle Elizabeth Williams in the building. It's heavy. Absolutely oh, blowing yeah. our minds right Not now yet. with her testimony. My mouth is normal, wide open. It's so wild to know that, I mean, y'all have kids and I want to have kids one day. Scary and to just hear, yeah, that's so scary. scary. I ain't even let my son go to the bathroom by itself. It's scary. Sorry. It's scary out Sorry. here, man. It's scary out here. So, 
Um, you said uh, your, your mother uh, was that the part of the testimony where your mother um, took took your uh, other sisters, siblings yep. and left you with your dad. So our house was really, really crazy. Mm. So my dad. Okay, let me go back. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. My father is uh, mixed with Indian and his mother did not want um, him to be with a black no. woman. Yeah. Right. So she wanted him to be with a light skinned woman. Who's black? Yeah, lighter, just oh. light, like oh, okay. them, because in their family, it's like light skin and white. Oh, shoot. Okay. When I started finding my family, because my mm. father's an only child. Oh. Mm. So she would not introduce us to any of the family. So we had no one. That's why in my life, it was hard to reach out to anyone because I never met my mother's mother and I live with my mother. Uh, I never met my mother's father except for once. And when I met him, uh, the next time I talked to him or next time we uh, saw him, we were at his funeral. Oh, wow. Right. So that was grandpa. So grandma and grandpa didn't know my mom's side. And then on this side, um, grandma, she called us the little bees, called us little bastards. Oh. So if we came running down the street like, grandma, 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 like, get out of here, you little, you know, calling us those names. Mm -hmm. And my mother was the black bee, I-T-C-H. Oh, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So we never had that connection ever. So... When I was being beat in the house, it was almost like being raised with, uh, what are the people called? Amish people? Mm. Mm. You know, like if you're in like this community yeah. and you're born into it, that's yeah. all you know. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So when I was being beat and I was being touched, because that wasn't the only two people that touched me when I was little. There was somebody else too. So when you're in this community, it's like, this is all you know. Yeah. And everything else around you, you don't even know that it's abnormal. You think it's normal. This is supposed to happen. The only thing I knew is that I was just waiting for the next hurt that was going to wow. come. And I just didn't know when it was going to come. This but is, I knew it was coming. This is, wow. Uh, it's, it's heavy, bro. I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, it's heavy. It's tough, man, because I'm, I'm sitting here and like, like, like we were saying earlier, like we got daughters, man, and I'm... I'm I was talking to somebody today. I think it was I think it was Selena I was talking to and I was just like, yo, I don't understand why like why God allows certain things to happen to like kids. You know what I'm saying? Like why why what is the why behind it? Because I know we always say everything works for the good, but it's just like I feel like it did work for my good though. And we're gonna get to that. Yeah, because I, wanna, I, mean, I really want to hear we that. See, we see that, you know. I definitely want to hear that. I think I think that it goes, I think that it's like it's a tough thing to say because like a lot of people who are um, atheists or don't believe in God, they always say like, well, why would God allow this? Why would God allow that? Yeah. And mm -hmm. the answer is always the same. Everybody has freedom of choice. But when you're a child, you kind of fall into your 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 mother's and father's freedom of choice. So if this mm -hmm. is the family that, that they got you around, this is the culture they have you around, the people that they have you around. It's kind of like you're because you have no say so you fall into their freedom of yeah. choice until you can make decisions for yourself it's tough and that's why you gotta make a decision like for especially for me like i have i'm very particular in who who gets to watch my children period like it, the surroundings have to be straight because it's a lot of things that my son is not exposed to mm. and he's so freaking smart bro he start asking questions that I never expected him yeah, to ask questions. Yeah, I've before, for sure. Bro, he <laughs> asked me a question about a friend of mine because his dad got married to somebody else. He was asking me why he didn't, 
you know, you know why he didn't? Why does he? Why is, why aren't they together? Why did he marry some other woman and not and not his uh you know what I'm saying his his mom like I have, like bro I don't God, why I gotta answer questions like that but <laughs> like, it's, it's weird bro it's weird man but we gotta we gotta do a better job of protecting our children bro. that's facts that's facts so uh, fast forward um to 15. fifteen yeah you said you witnessed a murder. Mm-hmm. Now the statute of limitations is up, so we can we can talk. Yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. This. Wait, so you still living in New York at this time? No, yeah, fifteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you was when you, when your uh, mom took your siblings and you went with your dad, they stayed far. You never saw them again. How so let me let me get back to that my okay. crazy house. So because <laughs> grandma didn't want my dad with this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my father would be going out the front door to go see his white girlfriend mm. while my mom's boyfriend was creeping in the back door. It was like they were sneaking around each other. To see other people. Mm-hmm. But they were still together. Yeah. They knew? Mm-hmm. Each other knew? So sure my one did. sister ran out and says, Mom, you know, I mean, Dad, Mom got such and such coming in. He talked about, I know. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I guess they did know. It was a lot of stuff going on in the house. It was even more than that, but you know. Yeah. It is what it is at the time. Wow. So you living in the same, uh, your mom's gone. So I was basically living in a whorehouse, right? Because that's what it was. No, no, for real. That's what it was. Um, I witnessed a lot of stuff. There was a lot of betrayal going on. My mom would take in people and their children and, and feed them and clothe them. A woman with six children was evicted. She let them come in. My mom was a nurse. She'd be going to work. I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV, and then I see this lady walking by that's in our house, eating our food, sleeping in our beds, walking by holding my father's hand, going into the bedroom to have sex with him. But the part that really got me, that really, really, really hurt me and really bothered me was when my mom came in from work. There she was at the top of the stairs. Hey, Ruthie. How was work after she just slept with my father? Should have tripped her up. But I was twelve at the time. Did your mom find out? Pretty sure. So she eventually, did. yeah. Eventually, my mom had these friends, a whole bunch of people around the house, and um, the one lady that was in the house, I, my mom and her were having an affair too. So there was like a, a whole bunch of weird stuff going on. But here's the funny thing: it's not really funny, but yeah, figure of speech. Yeah. One day, my dad came in drunk and he made this statement and he said, um, yeah, Yvonne, uh, oh, excuse me for saying her name. My yeah, uh, I don't know her name. you, 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 uh, you really felt good, you know, giving me that blowjob because you ain't got no teeth. Oh, my God. And he said, my dad was, he was. One thing about my father hold is on, he was a comedian. Leg, hold it Time out. Time leg. out. Yeah. He said this to your mother. I'm mean, to your mom. He said this to your mom. No. Listen. Okay, now listen. My mom, her friends, all of them were standing around the table. And yeah. this one of her friends. Yeah, this is another another one of her friends. This is actually one of the friends that was in the bathroom washing my mom and doing stuff. This oh, is shoot. the this is that. Yeah, dang. Yeah. So Dad was doing her and she was doing mom. My mom had a boyfriend coming through the back door. Dad was going to get the white lady. It was just a lot going oh on. 
And you you you're being exposed to all of this as a as a young child. And that's that's not and then careless. And then very careless. And then there was another young lady. Uh, me and my brother was sitting watching TV and we just heard some slapping. We turned around and there was a lady giving my dad a blowjob right on the couch while we were watching TV. And we turned around and looked. She said, turn around. And we turned back around and looked at the TV like, ooh, we looked straight. We didn't even look anywhere else but straight like this. We sat like that. And then um, when I did turn back around, my dad was so drunk that he just knocked out. It, the lady didn't really get to do nothing to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bro, y'all are horrible. <laughs> no, but that's time? funny. That's disgusting. No, it's that they can't move on. That's my point. Nah, I got this. I got this. I promise. <laughs> okay, so fast forward. <laughs> you got all the veins popping out his head. Fa- fast forward, past look, fast forward, past the jobs. Okay, so fifteen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I want to know where your where your mom and sisters went. Did you ever see them again? So okay, so my mom, my father was flirting with this other lady. My mom was taking care of this other child. He started flirting with this lady and. She said, please, please tell your mom. Just tell your mom, because I can't be at the house. She left. She said, please, please, please tell your mom. So I told my mom, I said, such and such says she can't be here. Something happened with dad or whatever. Mm. But my mom wanted an excuse to get out. Mm. So she ran and took the three girls, my three sisters, and she left me and my brother. Why she ain't take you, though? And that's why I had hate, love, hate for her, because she didn't take me. Did you I mean, ever ask? Or did you get it? Mm, no. Nah. Something. You just, I couldn't talk. It yeah. just wasn't like that. We didn't have that. But um, I went to the house. Okay, so they she left us. She went with her boyfriend, lived in the house with him. Mm-hmm. So we end up going um to the house. My father said, go knock on that window and go tell your mother I want her. And I'm like, gladly. I flew over there. Now he's drunk. He drove us over there, swerving all over the road. Dang. He gets over there. Um, I knock on the window. I'm like, mom. I was like, Daddy, wants you to come out? And she said, no. Now she's inside the house with the windows. Like, she got the one window open. She said, no. And I said, Mommy, I don't care. I don't want to go back with him. You know, he keeps hitting me. I was like, can I just stay with you? And she said, no. And I was like, please, Mom, please. And she said, no. And I was like, please, I don't want to go. Please, please, please. And she slammed the door. She She didn't take me. She shut the door and walked away. She said, no. She shut that window and walked away and said, no. And she left me. And I moved out from that day, 14 years old, and I didn't, I just went on my own. Oh, my God. Where did you go? I went and, you know, the lady that my dad was touching that she had to leave? Yeah. I went and stayed where she was at. I stayed there for a while. And um, eventually, when my mom found her way back to the house, um... It was just very chaotic, but I came back a while later and I signed myself into job courts so I didn't have to live with them. And I was at 16. So, um, that's crazy. Hmm. And I can only imagine what that does to a, to a, to a child to be literally begging for your mother to save you. And it's just just like. The thing is, it's like I went on a search for love, but the only good thing is I wasn't promiscuous. I was going to ask that question. Did, did all I, of that turn into... No, I, I just wasn't that way. Um, I I didn't want to go out and go do that. What I was in search of was love. So what I was doing was buying people's love, like 
Anytime I made money, like I'd buy people living room sets. I'd give them my cars. Anything you needed, I would just give it to you because in return, I just needed some type of validation that yeah. I was okay. <laughs> it's okay. So how so when did that flip for you? Like when did you even even that'll make you cry, but um so later on I um I wanted to commit suicide, so I was like twenty seven. Wait, what happened? Oh wow, happened this is sixteen to twenty. What happened to the uh the murder? Yeah. Oh, uh, so I went over to this place, this guy was these guys were arguing or doing something with this guy. And they grabbed him by his head and they slammed his head on the ground and his skull cracked. Oh. And then I had to keep hearing the sound of the crack over and over. And then he ran and he was crying and he started slurring because his brain was expanding and bleeding and he died. And I, yeah, yeah. 15, I saw that. But to fast forward. Same community. Yeah, same community. Same community. But to fast forward, um, I was going to commit suicide at 27. I went into the bathroom. Before you get into that, we got to run off into a break real quick. Oh, okay, sure. 27. Okay. 27. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got more with the Fresh Leftovers radio show when we come back. It's heavy in here, y'all. Absolutely amazing testimony. God is... Yeah, we'll be right back. Yo, what's poppin', y'all? You know who it is, what it is, and what we do. It's your boy, Jay. This is Chris. With the Cruise Hip Hop Corner, and messed around and gave us a radio show. If you want to know the hottest topics, the hottest news, the hottest artists, or just playing how hot it is, then tune in on Thursdays. That's Thursdays. At 6 p.m. with the Cruise Hip Hop Corner, live on GH3 Radio, and get your weekly CHH fix. Oh, boy. Time to get busy. God's Word Amplified. <laughs> Hey, what's up? This your man right here, DJ I Rock Jesus with that straight ministry heat. Yo, you can catch me every Wednesday for Mixtape Wednesdays, mixing and blending the latest and the greatest in CHH from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific. Also, you can catch me from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on GH3 Radio's God's House of Hip Hop. Hey, this is Black Voices Movement, and you're listening to the Fresh Leftovers Radio Show. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Man Legacy the Prince. I am CEO Aaliyah. It's your boy DJ B4EY. Yes, sir. It's the Fresh Leftovers Radio Show. We are back. Author where no one ever told me. We got Michelle Elizabeth Williams in the building. This so, is Williams, man. If you're just now tuning in, man, this is this is, this is some, some real serious stuff. Some heavy. So y'all going to have to tap in and really catch catch up because it's, it's a lot. Yeah. If you right. ain't heard, you're going to have to go back and get it. I mean, Facts. <laughs> Facts, facts, facts. This so we left off at um. We 20. left off at twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But I want to skip. But back. we want to go back. Yes. So it was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Twenty one. So basically, um, I could talk about the person who did it, but because I don't want to bring yeah. names and things in, I I just chose you know opt out with that. But ninety five percent, the stats say ninety five percent of people that get raped or things they know the perpetrator Mm. a lot of the times you know them and I didn't know him and I wasn't with him for eight months and I heard this sound I was laying on the couch at one o'clock in the morning and I was just laying on the couch knocked out and I you know you could feel something when you're sleeping and I woke up and there was a shadow in my kids room and the first name I called was that person's name not even knowing why I just called because I didn't have people running out of my house. So I called that name, no answer. 
I got up and when I got up, I heard movement. So I took off running down yeah. the steps down to my sister's apartment. Uh, there was footsteps running behind me. I mean, scared the living crap out of me. I ran around my sister's bed. She's holding the covers. I turn around and it was him. I run back out into the hallway. And when I go back into the hallway, I'm telling you, I was so dazed that I did not realize that I was at knife point being raped on the living room floor. I didn't even know. Like I I was being raped, but I I didn't know until I just felt something weird like poking in my neck. And I was like, it was just like really crazy because it was just, it was almost like a bad dream. So he said to me, and and stuff like this really messes people up, you know, when you say crazy things to people. He said to me, um, first he said, do you love me? And I, I said, he said, no, you don't because it doesn't feel the same. Duh, because mm. I was done with you anyway, eight months ago. But then um, he said, you know, he gets up, zips his pants up and still laying on the floor. And he said, um, you know, while you were sleeping, I was watching you and I was going to slit your throat while you were asleep. He said, but I don't do those things anymore. And then he walks out of the living room door. He walks out. Now, here's the thing. I couldn't move. I couldn't couldn't get up to go check on my kids. I, I couldn't do anything. I just laid there the whole night because it just really messed me up. But the next morning I got up and when I got up, I went into my kids' room and they were okay. Thank God. And I exhaled. Because I felt like I was holding my breath the whole night trying to figure out was something wrong with my kids. He just threatened that he was going to kill me. He was going to slit my throat while I was sleeping. But then I got mad and I was like, how did he get in here? You know, because he, he had been giving me problems for a very long time. So at this point now, I'm really mad. I'm looking everywhere under beds, like, my doors were locked, the windows were locked, and something said, look up. When I looked up, you know those crawl spaces, like mm-hmm. the, those attics? That. I pushed that open, I went in there, and I saw books, spoons, bowls, my kids' blankets. He was up there sleeping for two months because he was kicked out of where he was living. And people kept coming to my house asking for him. And I was like, he don't live here. So how he get in, though? So I'm trying to think of how to say this without saying this. Let it fly. So, okay. So I let him in because he needed to visit the kids. Okay. He had a visitation. This is their their father. Really? No, I'm asking. No. Okay. Oh, okay. No, because I mean, you you let him in because... You're not understanding what's happening right now. I'm sorry, so, I'm so sorry, bro. Because at first, because I'm I'm still tripping up. You ran downstairs to your sister's apartment, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he chased you around there. Yeah. So why did your sister get up and like? That's what I'm, I ain't gonna lie. Like swing a bat, a pot. Something. And how did you get back? And this with happened your in her in, your, in her house. No, I lived in the apartment upstairs. So you ran back up. Yeah. No, I didn't run back up. It's like the I don't even have, in New York. Yeah, there was a yeah, duel, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So oh, I ran back out into the hallway. Oh. I ran back out into the hallway. Oh. But I I don't it's like Peaceful. it's so foggy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember walking up the stairs, but I just 
I just don't remember everything from when I got to the top of the stairs to how I got on the floor. Yeah, the adrenaline kicking in. You just yeah, going, yeah. I just yeah, don't yeah. remember that part because it was weird. But you it said was, she woke up, right? Oh, she was up now. I, was, I remember that. That's why I did. And it's your sister who went to go stay with your mom? No, no. This this is a, that. No, this sister is different. This okay. is one of this. Is my mom's daughter. Okay. Remember, I told you I was the oldest mm-hmm. out of my yeah. family. That was her prior, uh, previous okay. daughter. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, yeah. So I found out that it was him sleeping in my house, and then what I would do after that. See that little thing right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it had a door. I put a little black mark there to make mm. sure that that wouldn't happen again. Right. But my mind started playing tricks on me. So sure. I would be dreaming, having these dreams that I would see the little uh, black mark moved. Um, I couldn't sleep in the house. I'd be looking up under um, beds, checking all the showers. It was like I was thrown into fear. It was like so horrible. So, so did you you call the cops and stuff like that? And, mm-hmm. But okay. because he was on crack cocaine, right? It was like he was an informant for them. So he didn't even get in trouble. So you know what I did? I could say it. I beat the living yeah. hell out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. He came into my house one day and he was talking junk. Now, I didn't want to date this particular person that I was dating at the time. Uh-huh. I just needed protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. he was big and he was mean. And why did I go there? I don't know, because I was having fun, like saying, you're my friend from school. Yeah. But he kept that one from coming. But anyway, he was in the house one day and I told him, I said, I got something for you. You come to my house again, I got something for you. And he came, just popped up. Mm. And when he popped up, oh, that's what you got for me? He thought it was the guy. But I had a 44 up under my mattress. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. I, I felt like I was done. Before I can get to the gun mm-hmm. to shoot or kill him, he hit me. And that's when everything inside of me, I beat him. I just, I just snapped. Yeah. And him and I got into a whole fight. And the guy that was sitting there that I know that would have protected me, he didn't even have to get up. You know what he said? God. He said, Michelle, I, I didn't know you could fight like that. I'm thinking like, where are you? Right, right. Because right. we're fighting from the front door out here in the hallway. This is what you went for. Right. Right. on them hands. He got to step But back. the thing is, what happened was I punched him so hard a knot rose up on his forehead. Immediately. And you when I saw me. that, in my mind, it was like, it's either him or me, because I know he's about to wail off on me. Mm-hmm. And I had to just start fighting. And I fought him from the front door all the way to the back. And when we got to the back door, um, my back was against the one door. And I there were steps back there. I fell backwards on two concrete steps. Mm. I fell backwards on him. And then that's when he grabbed me and he started choking me. And his brother pulled him off of me at that point. While the guys, while the other dude just watching, yeah. Uh. Oh man, and this was at what age? 21. Okay, so how'd you transition into your your nervous breakdown? That was 20. That was 20. 20. And the nervous breakdown was because all these years after uh, Miss Johnson, where Mm -hmm. I couldn't say anything anymore Mm -hmm. because I felt like 
nobody's going to be able to help me because if he's going to come back in the house, he's going to get me. Yeah. So there was no more telling. So I didn't tell anything anymore. Nothing. just held it all in. Yeah. And they were throwing plates. My mom took a plate and threw it and she cut my whole finger wide open. And the bone was showing. She said, and when you go to the hospital, you better not tell them what happened. Bruh. So guess what? That had to heal all by itself because I never went to the hospital. Because I wasn't allowed to tell. So by the time I was 20, I couldn't tell anything. So I had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. That's how that happened. And then at that point, I was thinking, maybe things won't happen this way anymore. And then that happened. happened. And then I had to live these next years and torment and fear. And then I lived with somebody that I didn't even love. I had love for him, but I wasn't in love with him. I didn't do what he did. He drank, he smoked, he hung out. He was cheating with people in my bed while I was at church. Like he was doing all kinds of stuff. But for the sake of safety, I stayed with him. And it was bad. So by the time I was 27, I had, um, I was ready to commit suicide. So I told God. How old are your kids at this point? Four, let me see, four, six, and eight. So I told God, I was like, listen, today's the day I'm going to kill myself. And I mean, for real, I was really going to do it. I just, because I had threatened suicide before. Yeah. But this time I was really, really going to do it. Because I mean, I was just looking around and this was just not the life. I went in the bathroom. I put my head inside the toilet bowl, put my arm in the toilet bowl. And I was just laying and I said, God, I'm going to kill myself. And I said, after a while of crying, I couldn't even talk. These are thoughts in my head. And I had the thought I had one dollar in my pocket. And at that time, my phone bill was twenty one dollars. I said, God, if you have somebody give me twenty dollars, I said, I won't kill myself. I'll serve you. So I was walking down the street with my four year old daughter and this lady pulls out in front of me. And when she pulls out in front of me, we're both startled. And I, she was like, she's sorry. Like, oh, 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 and we're talking. And we start talking. After we start talking, she um, said, do you believe in angels? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, there's a show coming on tonight at eight o'clock. And I was like, okay. She said, you should watch it. And I was like, okay. So I got ready to walk off. She said, would you be offended? And I said, for what? And she handed me $20. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> she handed me $20 and I was, like at that point, it's someone I that's when I really believe God. Like I it's like he didn't want me to die. Mm. But I felt dead already. You know? I felt like I was just existing. I wasn't living. And I just really felt dead. And for someone to pay that much attention to me just to give me the twenty dollars, I felt like love was kicking in. And she became my guardian angel. But the good thing about that was her children went off to college and she was standing over a sink crying because her kids were gone. She had empty nest syndrome. Mm. She's a white lady, empty nest syndrome. And I'm walking down the street and I'm ready to die. I got my kids. I want to die. She wants her kids. She prayed this prayer over her kitchen sink. If there's anything I can do for a child, a woman, let me help them. Wow. When she ran into me and I was walking, that was God giving me a mother. God gave me a guardian angel, but he gave me a mom that day. 
And she mothered me and she still mothers me to this day. And and she had a nerve to be rich. So she taught you a whole new lifestyle, introduced you to it. Her kids are top neurologists. Her husband is a top neurologist. And she mothered me. She took care of me. She gave me money. My mother would give all my sisters and brothers and them $100 a month. You would think my name was Cinderella Plus because I didn't get the new clothes. I didn't get the new shoes. My hair wasn't done. She was straightening their hair, making them look pretty. I just didn't understand what it was. Like, what was it? Now, the Lord did rekindle our relationship later. Mm. And it was after a lot of hate and bitterness. But God had to do that for me. And he did. And, you know, they did die. Uh, my father died. Uh, my mom died of a sudden heart attack on the living room floor. We watched her flatline. But I was there. And my father, he died of um, emphysema, which is a lung cancer from smoking cigarettes, right? But all those years, I was the only kid, even though all of them, you know, they took care of him. But I was the only one, only one that stuck by his side, just stayed by him. Both of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. And forgiveness. Because <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to dive into that part uh, when we come back about the forgiveness portion. Like, how'd you, how'd you get to a place of healing into your forgiveness to be able to show the love of God? You know what I'm saying? So, we're going to dive into that when we come back. We got more with Michelle Elizabeth Williams when we come back. So, y'all keep it locked. Hey, what's good? This is Tadashi, and you're listening to the Fresh Leftovers radio show with Legacy, The Prince, CEO Aaliyah, and DJ B4EY. So, keep it locked. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your man, Legacy, The Prince. I am CEO Aaliyah. It's your boy, DJ B4EY. Yes, sir. The Fresh Leftovers radio show. We are back, man. Author of Nobody Ever Told Me, Michelle Elizabeth Jeez. Williams is in the building, kicking it with us, dropping some real heavy... Stuff. Her testimony is crazy, man. Yeah. We can't give y'all everything in the book because we want y'all to go purchase the book for yourself. Big facts. Um, because it's absolutely uh, uh amazing, just the, the the survival you've been through. Yes. Um, one of the biggest things I wanted to uh, transition to was how did you transition to a place of, of um, for forgiveness when it came to everything that you had to endure. You know, like your walk with God, and how did you? transition into uh forgiveness with that so what happened was when i was 15 but my dad uh being an alcoholic um i was in job corps and i was like god if you help me this is after another fight mm. that was real let me tell you with I your was, father no 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 oh, well, god no Mm-mm. but because of all the stuff that i actually been through right um i've been fighting but I would be like, a, I wouldn't be a bully. I would help other people that was being bullied, mm. you know? And then eventually my name got so good out there that people started paying me to be their bodyguard. Wow. So you right. So, yeah. But when you get beat like that and you can't get the stuff out, yeah, you end up having to get it out some way or another. So I right. was fighting. So anyway, um, where, what was the question? Because I'm... Stuck. How do you uh, transition into uh, uh, forgiveness? With okay, yeah. That, so once again, oh, that's what happened. So anyway, being a job corps, I was once again in another fight. 
And at that point, I just felt like, what am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. So I had a little talk with God at that time, because see now in my house, we wasn't brought up with Jesus. We were brought up on Stephanie Mills, Freddie Jackson, you know, all mm. the P Teddy Pendergraft and all that. Mm. And there was a little God here, you know, a little church here where they sent me to the little Baptist church and the pastor tried to uh, kiss me. Oh, my God. And it's he, like every area you had is something that like. That's why I feel like I was born a threat to the enemy because mm. every form of authority that I was supposed to look to was knocked down. It was taken away from me. It was snatched. And I always say when God came and got me, he had to dig deep. When people get buried, they get buried six feet under. I feel like I was under the under. I was under the casket. Like when God came to get me, mm. he had to literally dig to find me, mm. even though he knew where I was. Right. That's where he had to pull me from the deep because there was nothing that I could see positive of my life. Mm. Everything I was just in was just dark. Yeah. So it was like darkness beget more dark darkness. Right? right. So what happened was I got into another fight and then I came to like this crossroad and I was like, God, if you help me forgive my parents, I'll serve you. Mm. Now, how much did I know about serving them? I didn't know too much. I didn't know nothing about, too much love or anything because yeah. I hadn't heard that from either one of my parents or grandparents or anyone. So basically what happened is when I said that to God, I was 16. I came out and my father stopped drinking that year. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord. He's he, still on cocaine, right? No, he wasn't on cocaine. The kid's father was on oh, cocaine okay, okay, okay. and my father was an alcoholic oh, okay, that had okay, the PTSD. Okay. Right. Gotcha. But he stopped drinking that year. And I was like, okay, okay, I see this. But it still took time to right. fix that relationship. Absolutely. And my mother, I was mad at her because I just felt like someone asked me, why are you more mad at your mother than your father? And he's the one that was beating you. I felt like because she was an enabler, she allowed a lot of stuff to happen to me, right? And because she didn't protect me, I felt like it was her fault, mm. even though he hurt me the worst, right? Mm. But then later on, becoming a parent myself, I realized that she wasn't an enabler. She didn't have the courage. Mm. She was afraid. Yeah. So she couldn't fight for me because she couldn't even fight for herself. Exactly. Yeah. And when she ran, basically the only thing she had was to take care of those three kids. Because taking me, what they had created in me, was not a good thing because I was fighting, doing all kinds of stuff. Mm. That just wasn't right. I was out stealing, getting in trouble. So I had to look at myself too, where yeah. I was when she said, no, I'm not taking you. Cause she had allowed that, all these situations to allow me to be created as a little monster. Cause I was bad. Mm. I was getting into all kinds of stuff. So I can get why she may want to take her three little innocent ones and start all over. Mm. But anyway, mm. besides that, God saved my mother when I was in my early 20s. He saved her. Now, the relationship between my parents had become, it was being reconciled, right? Yeah. The other things that were happening to me had nothing to do with my parents. After 20 and 21, that was like a whole nother path that I had chosen. Yeah. And I had to begin to make better choices for myself. So when I got to 29 or so, 
I got rid of the guy that I was with. We totally left it alone. And then I took the next six years finding out who I was. I took out some me time. That's good. And when I took out me time, I realized that, wow, I like this girl. Mm. I, I couldn't accept compliments or anything. But then when I started loving who I was, mm-hmm. I started making CDs. I started writing. Um, I started acting some more. Yeah. And I got picked up here, there, and everywhere. People were just paying me to come and be an actress on this, to sing on that. I was like the strawberries, coconut, um, FYE for Usher. All that stuff started happening for me. And I was like, wow. All because instead of me giving money to people to validate me mm-hmm. and buying them gifts, I started doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. I started buying myself clothes, shoes, fixing Bentley's. my... Yeah, yeah right. Oh <laughs> and, and one day I said, God, you know, one day I thought I was going to try to talk to this guy because I wanted a husband. Like I thought I was going to talk to this guy and he was cheating, doing all this crazy stuff. And I ran home one day. And when I ran home, I ran straight up the stairs and thank God the kids weren't there. And I'm going to make this quick. I got in front of the mirror and I was crying so bad, like another heartbreak. Like, I can't take this no more. I said, God, you got to take these emotions. Next thing you know, I'm on the floor. I get up from that floor. I strip all my clothes off. I said, God, when you made me, I was naked. I said, I'm coming back to you naked. Hmm. And I laid on that floor naked, crying about 45 minutes. I went from there and got in the shower. And I said, God, every illegal spirit that has attached itself to me, Mm. I want you to wash it off. And I took them bubbles and I just bubbled myself off. And all the people that touched me, the beatings, everything that I endured, everything I I needed to be rinsed off. I watched some bubbles go down the drain. I stepped out of that shower and I felt clean. I walked downstairs with that towel on. I stood in front of another mirror. I said, God, you made Eve for Adam. Now, please make my husband for me. I put my hands up really high and I pulled him down into my loins, gave God six full months of my full attention. And at that point, God sent him into the church six months later. (laughs) Jesus. Yes, sir. And when he sent him into the church for me, Mm. that's, that's all the love I needed. Wow. You, you remember the first words he said? Girl, Girl I, like I didn't that. know. No, no, no. <laughs> said, or the slice of that. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. He said, um, Girl, I didn't know you could sing like that. I'll marry you today. Ooh. Crazy. And guess what? 19 years later, we're still together. And we've been married 18 years. Hey. We've been married 18 years without, without argument. We don't argue. Wow. Who said that? (laughs) But you know the reason why? Because when I grew up, there was too much arguing. There was too much fussing. There wasn't enough love. And I just kept saying to myself, and one one more thing I told God was, I don't want to change. I want to still be able to buy things and do the nice things I do. I said, send me someone like myself. Mm. This dude shows up. He's buying me clothes, got my size down pack. You know, normally I'm buying all this stuff. He's buying me all kinds of stuff, coming, popping up, surprising me. And he still does that to this day. It's like a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. So finally, I didn't need a man that had money because guys were always coming at me. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. That's not what I wanted. Mm. I didn't want to be wooed by sex. Because when the highs of the morphine of sex is gone, 
you're left with the reality of the person mm-hmm. who you don't even like. Yeah. Been so. there, done that. So I didn't want that. I wanted love. I wanted truth and honesty, even if the truth and honesty was something that I didn't like mm. or wow. I didn't want to be attached to. I'd rather have the truth. And that's what really makes you free. Yeah. And because I had given everything back to God, God turned everything around for me and made things better for me and gave me the desires of my heart. He gave me above and beyond anything that I could even ask for or think Amen. when he gave me my husband. Uh, uh, man, that's amazing. So so for any, anyone, any, so anyone that's dealing with uh, a similar story or going through the same type of uh, testimony, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what some advice can you give to them um, as they're going through and it just seems like there's no way out? Yeah, I'd say get a therapist. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say get someone that you could really trust because that's the biggest thing. And and a lot of times when you tell your friends, sometimes telling them is not the right move because a friend always has another friend that has another friend that may have another friend and then your stuff kind of gets out there. Because mm. some people just need to tell their secret that they can't tell anyone. So get a therapist that has to keep your stuff locked in right. to where it doesn't go anywhere. Um Another thing I would say is start writing, write everything that you feel, everything you've been through, all those things, because that's still another form of healing. Mm. And that's what happened to me. I started writing at 18 and I was like, wow, that's a really good poem. And it came from me, but because I didn't accept me, Mm. I didn't love me. I couldn't look at it as it came from me. I looked at it third person almost like that person really wrote a good poem. And then I walk that way. But what I should have been doing is continually searching my own soul salvation out Mm -hmm. to find out who I was. But now that I know who I am, there is no more tricks that the devil can play on me. Mm -hmm. You know, can't do that no more. So so what can people find your book? Is it online? Yeah. Is it on Amazon? <clears throat> things of that nature. So the book is on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. And we are getting ready to do that, um, the Audible for that. Mm, um, yeah, we're going to do that. And then uh, if you just search me on any Google, en- any, um, Google engine, mm-hmm. my name will just pop up with that book everywhere. Dang. You can find me also on michellelizabethwilliams.com. Um, on my Instagram and Facebook are the same. Michelle E. Williams, 98. That's amazing. Woo. All right. Listen, Flow Mafia, man, you know the vibes. Listen, thank you. Thank you for pulling up on us today. Really? Thank you for having me. I was so excited to get here. You enjoyed yourself? Man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I had to gum that one down. I mean, wow. <laughs> no, I'm but I, I had I had a great time. I was so looking forward to this. I said I clear my calendar to come here. Yeah, I remember you said that. I'm yeah, I love you guys. Too. Really, oh, I do. Glad you enjoyed mm-hmm. yourself, man. Um, look, powerful. <laughs> no, that was the funniest. Thing. Powerful, <laughs> powerful, powerful, powerful testimony, man. Powerful. Listen, come from something like that, bro. I ain't gonna care like. It's only one other person on this show that ever had us like how we were tonight, and that was Moses. Yeah. His testimony. Like, yeah. People testimonies be so crazy. And then we be thinking that we got some crazy like, stuff going on. We ain't going through nothing. Man, what? Y'all need to Moses chill out, jumping bro. through 18 wheel trucks just to get this. 
Just get, get, just get, get the salvation. Right. <laughs> right. Man, uh, listen, Flow Mafia, man. Y'all know the vibes. We live and certified, man. Make sure y'all tap in with the book, Michelle Elizabeth Williams, man. Type in, uh, type her name in all platforms. Get the book Nobody Ever Told Me, man. Y'all show her that love. Facts. Um, definitely blow her up in the DMs. If y'all going through the similar situation, go blow her up in the DMs, man. She got plenty of wisdom that she going to drop on you. Yeah. Um, we didn't even get to dump into half of it, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because we want y'all to get the book. Well, y'all get the book. Get the book, I, read it, you know digest it. For real, for Man, real. I would love to have y'all two on oh, together, though. That's next. Yeah, y'all, y'all. We just talking about that. I didn't know. Why are y'all because yelling at me? You I'm can... just saying what I feel. That's <laughs> next. But you ain't going to be here. Oh, I'm so. Wow. You're going to miss it. You don't even know uh, when it's gonna be. She said, she said she'll clear her calendar whenever. So guess what? I'll put her on in the next two weeks. And then guess what? Hold I'll on, be you just gonna kick somebody out the schedule? They ain't lock in anyway. Technically, she did. Technically, no, no, not. It's not a she. It's he. Two weeks. All right, man. Let's end the show, man. Listen, y'all, y'all tap in with the book. Yo, I wanna, I wanna put a link for this book on the website. Bro. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So listen, y'all tapping with the book. Make sure y'all grab that on all platforms. Um. Flow Mafia. We love y'all, man. We are gonna catch y'all next week. Peace. That was crazy. No, yeah, that was like.